Hello, and welcome to Turn That Trash Into Your Treasure, where every week we get together and we turn those trash thoughts into the treasure that's going to turn you into the person that you're meant to be. Hello, how's everybody doing today? Today we have Sherry with us. Sherry, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, yeah. Um, I'm a writer and I'm a blogger and an advice columnist. And, um, you know, right now I'm in a fairly good space, but I certainly went through a ton of doo-doo and basically ran away from home to find myself. Okay, that sounds interesting. What happened to make you run away from home? <laughs> well, I went through a 10-year period of um, just one thing after another. So my father passed away from a very painful kind of cancer. Um, my mother, who was living in Florida, was um, living in her car because she thought her house had been bombed. And I was flying back and forth, negotiating and fighting with lawyers and doctors and uh, neighbors to ensure she was safe. And dealing with two countries is incredibly difficult. Plus, um, she was, you know, she had a number of properties. So I was looking after her properties. And then um, because my father had passed away, my son couldn't cope with it. And he became an addict. And for a good seven years, you know, we were vigilant about his behavior and dealing with the police knocking on our door. And um, his behavior was volatile and dangerous sometimes. And we didn't know if he was going to be in jail or what was going to happen to this child. And then we um, and then I got cancer. And spent two years going through chemo and um, radiation and um, reconstruction. And then I got cancer again. And oh, yep. And, and then I lost the sight of my right eye. And at the end of it all, I was so overwhelmed and so depleted. I didn't know if I was coming or going. Um, and my response is always very logical. Um, I can handle a lot until I can't anymore. And I, my emotions never come into play until later, until I'm falling apart. So I needed to go away to regroup. And when you say you needed to go away to regroup, mm -hmm. what, what exactly did that mean? So basically, um, I took off. I went to Belize for three months and um, I, con I was writing a book, so I had... I had kind of planned to go, but didn't really plan on going. But circumstances at the end of eight, I think it was eight years. It was like, okay, now I'm going to go and I'm just doing it. And I did. And I left everybody behind and um, I went and I wrote my book, Dear uh, the Woo Woo Girl. And I, at the same time, I had to regroup and find a way to regroup that that's totally understandable. That is a, an incredible amount of things happening all at one mm -hmm. once. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I have to I have to back up a little bit in your story, but you said that your mom thought her house was bombed. Where was she from? Yes, so my mom was my mom um, was from uh, Toronto and she had moved to Key West actually um, in the early 80s and had bought a business there and had you know created a life for herself there and she had always been a little paranoid, but certainly never to that degree. And she was experiencing early onset of uh, dementia. But okay. it was manifesting itself in paranoia in the beginning. And at one point, um, she was quite convinced her neighbors were killing ducks beside her. And the fumes and chemicals from you know what they were using to kill the ducks they were putting through the ventilation system and they were going to kill her and i mean she she had all kinds of stories she was a date oh, wow. herself she was waving a gun around and you know i was just one crazy story after another she was a danger my mom was a danger to herself and to other people um you know I'm not a big believer in guns and she had a gun and I, I remember going to visit her and I jumped on her bed and she said, don't, 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 don't jump on the bed. And I said, why? And she reached under her pillow and pulled out a gun and it was loaded. And I said, what on earth are you doing with this? I don't even think she knew how to use one. And she said, and she was pretty convinced that, um, you know, people were after her. And in fact, she had a restraining order on her because she had gone into a neighbor's backyard um, and was waving it around and, you know, saying crazy things like um, their daughter was going to die and they had killed their daughter. And it, it was just crazy talk. How, how did it affect you when that was going on? Did you just, did you deal with your father dying and then your mom, this going on with your mom, did you deal with that in the time or did you just push it down? No. So that was, you know, that was part of my problem was that, you know, uh, I'm a hyper manager kind of person and, you know, I could put all my ducks in order and try and, um, sort of manage everybody's life but I didn't give myself time to grieve and there were a lot of things to grieve I was grieving the loss of my father I was grieving the loss of my mother of who I knew of and Mm -hmm. I was grieving the loss of my son um I was grieving the loss of breasts (laughs) and I was grieving the loss of the sight of my right eye there were a lot of griefs there and I didn't acknowledge it as a grief so you just kind of pushed it down and, okay, I can't feel this. So I'm just going to keep, keep myself busy and not think about this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there were a lot of things to do. I, I had a lot on my plate and I don't think I could have, well, in hindsight, I, I could have certainly pulled back, but I didn't know how. Okay. So when you decided, okay, I'm going to go to Belize and I'm just going to take, did you know that you were going to go for three months or did you like, were you thinking to yourself, I'm just going to go as long as it takes? Um, so I had just kind of, I had been to Belize once before and um, it was a country that kind of grabbed me. 
And it, it's kind of spoke to me on a spiritual level. And I thought, okay, um, if I was ever going to go anywhere, it would be here, you know, just to soothe my soul. And um, I thought, okay, I'm just doing this. I'm just going. And I made up the, the month, the length of time, just because it sounded like a good length of time. I really had, mm-hmm. I, I just made it up. I had no rhyme or reason. One month wouldn't have been long enough. And the other thing was, and here's the odd thing that I did, is that I um, was going to raise money for a woman and build her a house. (laughs) So uh, not only was I going away to sort of regroup, I decided I was going to go do this for this woman. And, you know, while it was a good deed, you know, I didn't have to do that. Did you know this woman or you were just trying to keep yourself busy again. I was trying to keep myself busy again and to be, to sit alone with myself um, would have been frightening, I think. So have, have you learned to do that? Because I I know for myself having to learn to sit with myself and be quiet and just listen to what's going on and feel the feelings. It's not, it's not always a pleasant thing, Mm -hmm. but it's also something that, that you ha- it's necessary. So have you learned to do that? Yeah, I did. So, you know, and, and it's a work in progress. Everything takes time. And while I was away, I, and writing the woo woo girl book was very helpful with that because, you know, there were some funny things that I allowed myself to notice. I had funny, um, um, intros with animals and um, just crazy things happened along my way. And I learned that um, I was keeping busy to sort of prevent myself from falling apart because I couldn't hold the fallout from it. And I actually had gone to a healer and she had looked at me and she said, you sad woman. And (laughs) and it was really funny and sad at the same time. And I was just bawling. And um, the whole experience was was very funny and very sad at the same time. And I realized I started to meditate um, while I was there. And I was learning to kind of regroup and I, I mean I was it was so bad I didn't even know what I like for breakfast so for three weeks I ate potato chips because I really didn't know what else to do um, I didn't know what I liked and I learned that I really do like coffee with cream <laughs> had you not been drinking it with cream well I um cream was hard to find in Belize um okay and I realized that, you know what, I really want it. <laughs> and I made it my mission to find cream. <laughs> and it was little, th- it was a lot of little things that I realized um, that were important to me. And typically I fluff things off and I'm, it's still a process, but my saving grace is that I'm always aware. I, I sort of have this thing where I'm going through stuff and I kind of know I'm going through stuff and I kind of understand that, okay, the fallout's going to be bad. And I sort of put things in place to protect myself. 
What do you mean you put things in place to protect yourself? Well, I think when I went to Belize, I, um, I took on this house build because I knew if I was left to my own devices completely alone, besides writing the book, I would fall apart and I couldn't afford to fall apart. Okay. I needed to have a trickle effect. <laughs> and that's understandable. You, you went so long without feeling your feelings. If you felt them all at once, it probably would feel like you were having like a breakdown Absolutely. or something to, to have all of that come in at once. I think that especially moms, like we tend to, to lose ourselves in the everyday day to day, everything that's going on. And you get to the point where you don't know who you are. So I think that that's really, really nice that you pointed out that you really enjoy coffee with cream because I know for myself, like me having my kids was like me feeling like, okay, I, I lost myself. But at the same time, I felt like that's when I started realizing who I was because I felt like I needed to do that for them as well. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I think that that's really important that, and it is a journey to find out who you are and to find the things that, that you do like to do. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because um, I think there's a very superficial thing that we do, you know, um, we go along, we go along, we pay attention to all the outward signs and you may do yoga and think that you're connected, but yoga, I mean, today's yoga, in my experience, is more of an exercise than it is sort of a spiritual um, exercise. I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And we're, we're more busy, more interested in, in looking good than feeling good. And, you know, and all those outward trappings of decorating your home and, and doing all that and you have your kids and we're busy and we want to uh, do it right. We're very, very, um, I think we're, we're hyper vigilant about doing things right. And we forget that life is messy and it's okay to be messy. It's okay to have a breakdown. Um, and I learned that the little things were the most important things like that, that cream in my coffee. Um, Cause I was very important to me. And to this day, even though, you know, I've sort of come out the other end and I'm doing really well. Um, that cream in my coffee is what I hang on to every morning. That's that simple pleasure. Exactly. And I think that that is, super important is is those little tiny things mean so much and that's really what life is about uh, yeah I agree so when you got to Belize and you're like okay I need to figure this out you said that you went to a healer can how, how did that all work out for you well I had this I had this funny um experience um before I went to Belize, I had um, when I think it was the first time I had cancer, um, they were about to cut my hair, they said, go home, shave your head, because it'll fall out in the next day when you start treatment. And um, I was mad. And I thought, God, I'm losing my breasts. And now I have to lose my hair. You know, I was really mad. And I went home and I went to my room and closed the door and I started crying and I 
nobody has ever seen me cry around anything. I'm, I'm a pretty, like I hold things in and it's not something I'm proud of. I learned to sort of, now I've learned to let go. But during that time, mm-hmm. I was in my room and I was crying and I looked up and all of a sudden this, this white hand, <laughs> it's a very odd experience, came down and sort of stroked me. And I thought, that's weird. And all of a sudden I, I sat up and thought, oh, I'm fine. And that was kind of the crux of why I was going to Belize and check out healers. Because I did you think that it, did you think that it was a healer or I had some kind of spiritual thing happen and I couldn't put it into context. Okay. I had no place for it. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. So I kind of went on this crazy journey and, and um, it was, it was fun and it was silly and it was profound and it was a lot of things. Um, And many of them, a couple of, actually a couple of them in particular quelled um, fear quite well and were quite profound experiences and others, not so much, but, you know, there were some people with true gifts. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So were, were they shaman? A couple were shaman. Um, mm-hmm. A couple were shaman. One woman was a her- the woman who said to me, oh, you sat lady. Um, she was very funny. Um, she was a herbalist and she had a full ritual um, of giving you herbs and what you did with them and how many times you had to turn around. And, and it was very, it was a very elaborate process and her herbs kind of elevated me a little bit. Um, and they worked in terms of making me less sad. So I was grateful for that. That's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So in, in terms of like, feeling your feelings and going through that what did do you feel like you did that through your spiritual healers or do you feel like you actually took the time to to kind of feel those feelings and kind of go through that process Mm -hmm. too yeah I would say it was a combination of both so I was very um there was part of me that was fascinated with what the healers were doing. And again, there was an objective side of me that was kind of criticizing it or critiquing it along the way. And then I would be evaluating how I was feeling. And then there would be times when I just felt, um, I think very connected to myself, I think, because I had time just to sit with myself and it was less scary. Less scary to sit with yourself in that presence or what do you mean by that? Yeah, I sort of learned to um, have a little more faith in um, my abilities to, to be okay. Um, Cause I think, holding on so hard to not letting feelings in 
scared me. I think I couldn't be okay if I did that. And I was it embarrassed me that I, I couldn't be this powerful person that I had envisioned myself to be. So can I ask why you thought that not showing feelings made you a powerful person? Well, I think, um, I'm not sure where it came from. I think I was, I was modeling maybe my mom. My mom was a very, um, my mom was a very strong woman and she went through a lot and she was a very successful woman. And I think I, I modeled that and I was a fixer in my family. I fixed everything as a kid, you know, and I wanted to make sure everybody was doing okay. And it was a role that I had assigned to myself or I can't decide if I assigned it to myself or um, it was assigned as a role to me in family dynamics, but either way I took it. Okay. Do you, do you still feel that way that to be a strong person that you have to hold your feelings back or have you, have you seen a different side of that? Um, I'm learn I'm learning to acknowledge them because I feel like when in instances like that, maybe you don't want to, to show your feelings. Maybe you do want to be a little bit more in touch with them. But what I've found is that if you can find somebody that models the, a different side, like you said, your mom was so strong and you wanted to model after her. But if you can find somebody that does show their feelings to an extent that you feel comfortable with and you still see them as strong, maybe that will give you permission or make you feel at ease a little bit more to be mm -hmm, open to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, to have that balance perspective is uh, absolutely incredibly helpful because, um, because it becomes a question of boundaries. You know, you're over serving or I was over serving and um, it's not healthy. Yeah, it's definitely not when you're when you're doing for others more than yourself. You have to I was thinking about that as you were talking about we have to take time to care for ourselves. And maybe if you had taken a little time during all that to take care of yourself, you wouldn't have felt like you had to go to Belize to mm -hmm, get away from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think um, in for me um, to to take care of myself meant I would go out with friends and party. That was my idea of taking care of myself. Um, sometimes I would, I would just lock myself in a room and read a book. That was, that was another way I took care of myself. Um, but I really didn't sort of sit with myself and, you know, have an internal dialogue or journal or any of those things. And I, it Save me a lot of yeah. torment if I had. <laughs> do you do you do that now? Do you sit with yourself? Do you take time out each week or like just whenever you feel like you need to do it? Or how does that work for you now? Or what does that look yeah, like for you now? So, so on a daily basis, I meditate. Um, I make sure I do it either first thing in the morning or before I go to bed. And um, I, I have this funny little conversation with myself every day. And 
one is about being grateful. And, and again, it's kind of an overused, um, it's sort of an overused approach, but it's very effective. And if you can, and, and I have a dialogue with myself, um, and if I feel any anxiety coming up first thing in the morning, I, I look at it as opposed to ignoring it. Typically, I would, I would ignore it and go do 50 things. Mm -hmm. And now I'll stop that and kind of evaluate it and sort of figure out, okay, where's the trigger coming from? That's awesome that you're able to do that and be mm -hmm, more aware. Mm -hmm. It's helped immensely. Oh, I take time for myself too, because for a long time, I was the exact same way. I wanted to do all everything and keep myself so busy and to sit with yourself in silence and not do anything. And I actually have a conversation with myself too. Sometimes I speak out loud because that's what I feel like I have mm -hmm. to do at that time. And I'll just ask myself, like, how are you feeling? What are you proud of yourself for? What, what's something that happened that you're upset about? And to kind of like go through and talk with myself and see where that is. So to see your perspective of having that, that meditation time and being aware of, is there anxiety inside of me? Where is it coming from? That that's really powerful to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I certainly, you know, in hindsight, I guess things are always better, but um, I certainly um, learned a lot. I also, I also learned to stand up for myself. Um, and, you know, I was able to say, okay, enough. I don't have to do all this. You know, um, I actually have brothers who could have helped and they didn't really step up to the plate because A, I didn't allow them to. But then when I took off, it's like, okay, your turn. <laughs> and, you know, and the funny thing I did learn was that, a, you know what, they were fine. They're quite capable. <laughs> and it was, it was kind of a, um, I'm actually writing a little running away. It, it's an ebook and it's um, how to run away to find you. And one of the things I talk about in there is, um, is it, it's humbling when you walk. Uh, one of the reasons we don't walk away is because we think that the world will fall apart without us. And the humbling experiences um, taught me that everybody steps up to the plate. And while the, the circumstances are still messy, it's fine. <laughs> that, mm -hmm. That's so true. If you're not there to do it, somebody exactly. else is going to have yeah. to. And, and you know what? They may not do it my way. And, you know, in many ways it was better. They did a better job because it was less intense and not filled with anger. I think. Do you think that you had anger and resentment because you had all these yeah, things I was going really on? Mad. I was mad that um, I didn't have a chance to breathe. I was mad. I, I didn't have a chance to grieve. I was mad that um, I had cancer. I was mad. I was just mad. <laughs> which is, is understandable. Yeah, yeah. It, it was my go-to response. Um, but really it was fear. It's funny how that works, huh? We have these anger is usually anger usually comes from some sort of fear. 
And a lot of times we don't know that. And we see other people get angry and we just think, oh, they're so mean or they're so mad all the time. And we don't realize that their their actions are based in some yeah, kind of fear. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it took me it took me a while to come to that. I, I, I like I, I was afraid of cancer, but I wasn't afraid of cancer. I didn't think I was going to die. I thought I was going to be mutilated. Um, but at the same time, to get it back a second time, I thought, oh, okay, now we're talking serious. Yeah, that I would be fine. And I had to really learn to trust yeah. my instincts. That's really powerful. Well, is there anything that you would like to tell our listeners before we hop off? If you're, if you ever find yourself um, negating your feelings, um, I think we rely on logic and thinking versus feeling. And if you can reverse it, you'll save yourself a lot of, um, a lot of time and effort. <laughs> and, you know, the one thing I have learned is that, you know, things, sometimes life happens and, and it, and you get through it and it's fine. And you come out a different person, which is not a bad thing. And it, I don't know that if anything happens for a reason, I'm not sure that I believe that. I think things just happen and it's how well you're able to understand. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in today. If you love this episode of Turning Your Trash Into Treasure, head over to Anchor, Spotify, or Google Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thank you for listening and your reviews. Until next time.